Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast where the Yankees stay red hot, sweep the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati, and this is again coming off the uh, very pleasing uh, three games out of four series win up there in uh, Toronto. So Yankees continue this road trip and ended it with a bang and sweeping the Cincinnati Reds. So we'll get into all that as well as say our final goodbyes to Aaron Hicks. So yes, it finally came down. Aaron Hicks uh, DFA'd, something that should probably have been done a while ago, but it, it is official now. So after seven seasons as a bomber, uh, Hicks no longer a New York Yankee. So we'll get into the whole spiel there. But before we do, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. So wherever you're listening, make sure you follow, subscribe, like, and get a little wrap-up reports after every, each series and other cool stuff exclusive for you podcast subscribers. So the Yankees, uh, you know, and Aaron Judge, you know, tore it up there at the Rogers Center. Uh, and then that had a little interleague action going towards uh, Cincinnati. Now, before the game or the night before it you know, even started, uh, Yankees made a trade. And I kind of knew this was going to be the writing on the wall for Aaron Hicks. So they traded uh, with the Boston Red Sox, uh, Diego Hernandez, and some cash uh, for outfielder Greg Allen. If you remember, remember Greg Allen, was with the Yankees a couple of seasons ago back in 2021. Yeah, he was kind of a utility-type guy, outfielder, runs the base as well. Nothing like, wow, uh, 30 years old. Again, you know, the Yankees already have Jake Bauer. I mean, they got you – know, Willie Calhoun, I mean, I don't really see the need for this guy, but you just knew that bringing in an extra outfielder, and again, of course, also have Oswaldo Cabrera out there. You figure, why are they bringing in an outfielder? So you just kind of knew the writing was on the wolf and Aaron Hicks. You know, look, the Yankees gave him every chance possible, and ironically, it was in the the final Toronto game, he ripped the RBI single, probably his hardest hit ball of the whole season, ironically, but just the power wasn't there, like one home run. Maybe they had like two doubles and like two or three RBIs. I meant hitting under well under two hundred. It's just it was over for the guy. He just didn't have it anymore. And you know it's got, it's kind of a the bad thing. You know it, you know he was a, a solid Yankee for his first couple seasons there, but the injuries that took the toll on him. You know after the twenty nineteen season, um, he had to have Tommy John surgery, even though he's a position player. And then uh, the next year after that, on a check swing, tore a ligament in his wrist, and then pretty much was done for the entire season there. So. I just think the surgeries back to back and the fact, you know, you're reaching your mid thirties there. And of course, you know, you're not going to get quicker and recover uh, quicker as you would in maybe in twenties. It just took its toll on Aaron Hicks. He just couldn't get around anymore uh, to really drive the ball. And you see in the outfield, I mean, at the very least, you know, if he can't hit, at least be a, a really good defensive player. And we just see him with some miscues uh, in left field there. So just, you know, I don't know if the hitting got to it in his head there and he's taken out in the outfield, but you know, if, you're not dependable on the outfield as well. There's really no room for him. And he's basically an automatic out at this point. And if you're struggling as it is sometimes when you're going through a bad stretch, you can't have something like that. It was just an automatic out. So it's almost addition by subtraction. So anyone you put in there other than Hicks will be probably a better option. So unfortunately, he's gone. So the Yankees are going to eat the final two years of his deal. So there was two years left uh, at $10 million a year. So I guess the Yankees are eating the $20 million. But you kind of have to because – I know they tried to justify it last season. They tried to justify it at the start of this season. Uh, but clearly, if he just can't play anymore, he's an automatic out. No matter how much money you're paying for him, he's, if he's going to cost you wins, you just can't have him in there. So it's just better to pay him to stay home. So uh, I think technically they did it for his assignment. Now, they could put him, I believe, uh, make him available on the waiver wires. I believe if someone claims him, the Yankees would get, get a draft pick, supposedly. I just don't see anyone taking a shot on Aaron Hicks. You know, the Yankees gave him plenty at bats to kind of maybe see if he could get get it going for him, but it hasn't happened. So I really can't see a situation where a team didn't take a shot on him. Now, you know, the team across town, the Mets, you see they've been desperate for offense. They even, you know, brought back Gary Sanchez and uh, added him to the mix. Uh, would they maybe kick the tires on Hicks? I don't know, but I seriously doubt it. He's just, unfortunately, looks a situation where he, he just might be done and maybe has to go play in Japan or the Caribbean League or the Mexican League, something like that, and maybe maybe try to find his stroke again. 
Uh, may, maybe have like a you know a Matt Carpenter type type of resurgence. Is it possible? Yeah, but obviously he's not going to do it here with the Bombers. So Hicks gone. Um, you know, thanks for your time here. But Greg Allen in, and Greg Allen, he's more or less like a Jake Bauer type. He's not going to wow you. He's just play some. You know, hopefully he's play some good steady defense. Be speedster on the bases there, and that's kind of all you're looking for. Maybe a late defensive replacement for Judge if the game's a blowout, something like that. That's all you're really looking for him to do. Now, the first game, the Yankees came out right away. And a gentleman I mentioned before, Aaron Judge, get him on the board early with a home run. And the Yankees would tack on in the sixth there, Rizzo, as well with a two-run shot, put the Yankees up early, 3 nothing. And Clark Schmidt now probably had his, I would say, might be his finest game. Now, he did get knocked around a little bit in the sixth. Um, wasn't able to record it out in the sixth inning, but again, gave the Yankees five solid innings, but uh, did leave with a three to two uh, lead there. Uh, would ultimately get the win. Now, a little drama in the first game when now Schmidt. Now, if you remember, recall Domingo Herman just a couple of nights ago uh, removed from the game of Toronto for having a foreign substance on him. Now, they almost had a similar situation with Schmidt. Now, what happened with Schmidt, I guess, with his glove, uh, his glove has the bl- has black fur in the inside there on the top part of the wrist, and I guess. From the rosin and just the sweat and the glove, whatever, it made like a little sticky sub- substance on the top of uh, Clark Schmidt's um, left wrist. And they thought maybe is he, you know, is he kind of dabbing his, his index fingers of his right hand onto that to get a little grip and then going on the ball. Uh, umpires looked at it. They didn't see it was anything egregious, so they allowed him to continue in the game. And opposing manager David Bell did not like that. Ended up getting an ejection. Actually, there was two ejections for him this uh, weekend for him. And, uh, you know, and but the Yankees would, would go on eventually to tack on a few runs and, and come away uh, winning the first game six to two. And for actually Aaron Boone, who's kind of a, a, some of an emotional game, uh, he actually broke in with the Reds back in 97. And it was his first game back as a manager uh, in Cincinnati for him. So a little bit bittersweet there for him. And, and of course, gets off the series there uh, with the six to win. Now, um, Jose Trevino actually ended up having to go on the I.L., for a, um, a hamstring issue, and this actually finally, 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 again, uh, you know, not only did Severino come back this weekend, but it was kind of exciting to finally see Ben Rovette, person involved in the Gary Sanchez, I mentioned before, Gary Sanchez, Urshela, Donaldson, IKF trade. You know, Rovette was kind of the throw-in there, and um, but unfortunately, he's been you know, hurt for the past year and a half, but now finally getting an opportunity for the Yankees to show what he got. And I got to say, the first game, they're quite impressive, and um, not gonna say goodbye to Higgy right now, but uh, you know, I just like that bat there. This um, really looks steady. His first hit drove the ball as a double. Later, be part of a rally in the middle of the game, which I'll get into there. But quite impressive for Rovet. And again, he has the benefit of being a left-handed bat. You know, gives the Yankees a little bit more balance there. Some of the Yankees lack a little bit. And ironically, or you know, I don't know if he even realizes this, uh, wearing number thirty-eight. Now, obviously, if you're a Yankee fan with a little uh, hair on your chest, and you go back a little bit, uh, kind of really the last pure left-handed hitting uh, Yankee catches uh, probably the last one was Matt Noakes back in the early 90s there who also wore ironically number 38 now again I don't know if Ben Rovet knew that about Yankee history but it's kind of ironic now you might say Posada well it wasn't Posada also a left-handed hit well it was technically a switch hitter so I wouldn't consider Posada a left-handed uh, batter there but even though you know, most of his home runs and you know power did come from the left side uh, but nevertheless ironically Rovet taking number 38 and I mentioned before uh, part of the getting on the Yankees on the board early uh, with a double. Now, starting the game was Johnny Brito and was going along well there for a while. But unfortunately, in the fourth inning, 
Got two quick outs and has got into a little walk trouble there. Um, ended up loading the bases there, but it would allow Cincinnati to score a few runs and put the Yankees in a hole four to one. And it's almost like, even though the Yankees fell behind a little bit, you never, it's just something about the Yankees that's had a good feel from them that they, they weren't at, you know, they could, they could come right back on these t- folks. And that's what they did in the fifth inning. I calf lead off the um, fifth with a home run. And the Yankees just string along a bunch of hits started by Ben Rovette. Yankees actually put a three spot on the board. Could have had more. Judge actually tried to um, score on a, a Rizzo line drive to right field. And I knew right away Judge would be a dead duck. Uh, but, you know, Judge does run well for a big guy. But Rizzo, Rizzo kind of smoked the ball out there in right field. And, and you know, the ball didn't kick around like that. So the right field was able to get it in quickly. And, unfortunately, Judge was gunned down at home. So the Yankees had to settle for a 4-4 tie there. But I think if Judge held up there, which he should have, again, the third-base coach shouldn't have sent him. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, probably cost the Yankees another run. But the Yankees would eventually go on to win this game. But it would take extra innings. And it was that gentleman, the new Yankee, Greg Allen, there as the ghost runner on second base. Judge would drive him in, uh, put the Yankees up 5-4. to four, And then Rizzo with the cherry on top, a two-run home run, put the game away 7-4. And the Yankees had come away, you know, not really getting a great outing by Johnny Brito, but able to hold on for the 7-4 win, which then brought the Yankees to game three, which is important because it was going to be finally the debut of Luis Severino, who'd been waiting for all season long. Now, Severino in this game was, you know, quite good. Did get, get, give up a run in the first inning there, and it was a little bit controversial. It was a ball that initially was called foul, but then was overturned, which allowed uh, Cincinnati to score the first run. Boone uh, objected to that and was actually ejected. So he comes home to his little home cooking there, to his old organization, and gets tossed out of, in the game. Now, David Bell, the uh, Reds manager, would also get tossed out later on in the game as well. But this was a game that the Yankees pretty much um, you know, again, had had in hand. Severino uh, wasn't able to get through five complete. Did go four and two thirds inning, but again, you know, quite impressive for his first start back. Um, again, four and two thirds innings, five strikeouts, just giving up one earned run there in the first inning, but it looked pretty smooth there. And the Yankee bullpen uh, went the rest of the way. And good to see um, uh, Clay Holmes actually get the, get the save. Something we haven't seen. Uh, you know, Holmes has been kind of been used as a seventh, eighth inning guy lately for. Boom, but Boom put him back in the uh, well. I guess uh, the bench coach, you know, once uh, Boom was tossed, decided to have uh, Holmes close it out there. Now, a little before that, Wandy Peralta did one of his quick pitches, and that's when David Bell, the, the Reds manager, got kicked out there. He felt you know Peralta did a quick pitch. The umpires allowed it. He objected. So both managers getting tossed in this one, but most importantly, the Yankees come away with the four to one win and complete the sweep. Uh, a couple of home runs in the middle there by Beta and Gleyber Torres. And, you know, we talk a lot about Judge being red hot. I mean, over the past week, seven home runs hitting like 400. Uh, but Gleyber Torres is tearing it up as well. It's re- looking really good. Again, mentioned about Volpe heating up there and DJ LeMayu. And, again, this team's really coming around now uh, with the offense. Again, it's not all only just home runs. So you see them, especially in that middle game there. Uh, when they put up the three spot um, in the fifth inning, yeah, you had ICAF lead off with a home run, but you had a string of Yankee hits to kind of rally there a little bit, uh, including again, Ben Rovette kind of getting that started um, after the IKF home run. So uh, good the Yankees, you know, not only relying on the long ball, doing all way and getting good pitching. Now, as you expect, after Johnny Brito's start, he got sent down to AAA just to make room for Severino in the rotation there. So you kind of knew it was going to happen. And, you know, Brito, I'm not going to say a little disappointed with him. I thought, you know, I liked him at, in spring training. I thought he would have be a, a little bit better. Um, he seemed to have a couple of games where he blew up a little bit, but you see his stuff is good. I mean, he throws 97 miles per hour. Like he has no effort there like, and he still hit 97. So some good stuff there. So maybe he needs to work on a few things. And at some point he'll come back, you know, you, you can see. So I guess they decided to stick with Clark Schmidt there to hold down that fifth starting spot there, even though, you know, Schmidt, Again, his uh, his start, you know, recent start was, uh, you know, in the first game against Cincinnati was good quality. 
Um, at some point, though, I think, again, Schmidt is better suited for the bullpen. But if, if you want to compare Schmidt and Johnny Brito right now, the two of them, lately you can say Schmidt's been a little bit better. So I can at least understand why they want to go, stick with him in the fifth and send out Brito just so he can work on some things. And maybe he's somebody you see later on in, in the season. And shockingly, Albert Abreu uh, getting the win in the third game, actually getting that final out in the fifth and uh, pitching an inning after that and you know not getting bombed. You know He's just been he's been kind of horrendous lately, but uh, he actually officially gets the win there. So Yankees looking good. Climb a little bit more up that AL East ladder there. So now in third place, uh, just five and a half back of Tampa. So Tampa's actually come to earth a little bit. Now the Yankees get Monday off. And then the Baltimore Orioles, uh, another team the Yankees are kind of looking up at. Uh, Yankees are two and a half games behind them. And the Yankees last time faced Baltimore in Baltimore lost two out of three. So I'm sure the Yankees want to return the favor there. Um, maybe and just gonna keep rolling up that AL East ladder there uh, for the Yankees. Um, you know, nine games now over 500. So, you know, it's funny. Uh, I guess it was, you know, it was pointed out. I guess since that time when, uh, I, mean, I remember things were just like looking horrendous about two and a half weeks ago and then Cashman had to come out. I believe, yeah, it was after the Cleveland Guardian game where, uh, again, when Boone took Herman out early and the Yankees blew that game, had a two nothing lead, ended up losing three to two. And then Cashman had to come out the next day and say, don't worry, you know what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. And that's when the Yankees, you know, Judd was hurt and Beto, you know, was just about to come back and, you know, things were looking putrid. Since that actual moment, the Yankees are now 12 and five. So kudos to Cashman saying, hey, look, we know what we're doing. I guess, hey, look, they know what they're doing. So, that's that. So Yankees get the sweep. Things are looking good. Come home, uh, host the Baltimore Orioles. And, uh, yep, no more Aaron Hicks to kick around anymore. And, uh, you know, I liked him. Just, you know, unfortunately, he just didn't have it anymore. So he's gone. Severino come back. First start in the bag. Good. Uh, Carlos Rondon can, continues to throw, even though, uh, you know, he had the chronic back issues. But they gave him some uh, a couple of his cortisone shots or whatever. And he's working his way back. No timetable yet, but that keeps going. And still no timetable on Donaldson, who supposedly cut his finger on something, making a baloney sandwich. So, um, you know, no rush for him to come back. So, you know, he could, he could take his time there. So we'll catch you on the next one. Mm-hmm.